Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. If, you, uh, if you've been listening to our podcast, thanks for joining us again. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome, and I hope you enjoy uh, our little chat today. Today, we're going to um, just jump into a bit of a, a, a Brisbane market update. And obviously, the data and stat nerd Melinda next to me will um, probably have fun here. That's not a very nice way to be introduced, (laughs) but thanks so much for joining us again today. And one thing that I always forget to do at the beginning of the podcast is just to mention, if you are enjoying our podcast, please don't forget to like the podcast and leave us a review um, and also tell others about it. I always say this at the end, and I'm sure a lot of you tune out by that stage. So just a heads up, if you do like our podcast, please share and um, like and leave us a review if possible. But yes, that's right. Today is market update time for Brisbane and really excited to get into some of these numbers and and help people understand what we're seeing. Yeah. So um, look, you probably read a lot in the media about um, property markets going up and down and sideways and every which way they can travel. Um, But with this um, update today, basically the information will give us all data from CoreLogic and what we see on the ground locally. Yes, as well as called logic, we're going to um, tap into some SQM research data as well. And one thing that I would like to point out is that we do a lot of our own research in-house on Brisbane. So we've got some assistance um, from lovely Pauline, who helps us um, from the Philippines, and she crunches or provides lots of spreadsheets for us um, based on core logic data, which we can do some number crunching. And as you know, the background that I have in research helps us to form correlations, relationships between, you know, rental yield growth and price growth in different locations. And we study markets all over Greater Brisbane, including the Brisbane Shire, the Morton Shire, Ipswich, Logan and the Redlands region. So, you know, if you are looking for the most up-to-date information on Brisbane, we have it and we uh, are about to share some of that with you for the month of July. Sure. So um, let's jump into um, a little bit of information that you've got there um, regarding sales. So the latest CoreLogic data, now the Hedonic Home Value Index um, data comes out at the end of every month and we always look forward, well, I always look forward to hearing about that. Um, This month in Brisbane, the total movement in dwelling values uh, for Brisbane declined negative 0.4%. So, you know, um, we're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars of price declines. And we're also talking about the macro market in Brisbane, uh, which incorporates approximately 10,000 hectares um, of land throughout southeast Queensland, excluding the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast. So we are talking about a very wide area. Uh, when we break that down into the housing market, it retracted across the month of July by negative 0.3% with the current median value at 555,284 and in the unit market we had price retraction of negative 0.5% with the current median now at $332,975. Yeah, that's interesting when you when you talk about the area and if people don't know um, the area that Melinda's talking about with that um, southeast Queensland it's I can't remember now, was it 34,000 hectares or something? It was. It's, it's So just to give some perspective, um, I actually contacted CoreLogic, CoreLogic myself as the research um, nerd. I really wanted to understand what that data was made up of. And I did this a couple of 
uh, probably about 18 months ago when I realised that the data wasn't representative of what we were seeing in, in a lot of pockets throughout Brisbane City Shire itself. So um, what I found out is that the data represents a number of shires, including greater Brisbane regions. So that's Brisbane, Morton, Redlands, Ipswich, and Ipswich, but as um, and Logan, as well as that, though, it um, incorporates information down Bow Desert Way, out the Scenic Rimway. Um, like it's a huge geographical location. So it has to be treated um, with caution and you really need to dive into the data and understand what's happening at a more of a micro level. Yeah. So um, what about what about the listing side of it? If that's the, the movement on the prices or the sales, what about listings? Yeah, I've taken a deep dive this month into SQM research um, on stock market or stock on market trends, because what I wanted to understand is what have we seen this year? Has it been different in Brisbane uh, compared with other years due to coronavirus and the impact that that has had on uh, the real estate market as a whole? And what I did find was there has been an interesting trend that has emerged. So throughout 2020, compared with previous years, the total stock on market um, has actually increased throughout the majority of areas um, around Brisbane this year. This is quite different to previous years. Typically, the month of July sees a retraction in new listings. So, you know, we can read into that in one of two ways. One um, is that there have been people that have been wanting to sell, but didn't actually bring their properties to the market back in April and May and, and finally made the decision to list throughout June and then the, those properties hit the market by July. That's that's one thing that we could assume from that small spike. But the other thing that we can assume is that perhaps people are starting to sell um, and, you know, as a result of the macroeconomic environment. And if that is the case, then uh, we are certainly starting to see a slight uptick in, in listing volumes. So I did actually, I mean, we do talk about a lot um, what we also see on the ground. So from time to time, I'll probably bounce in with just telling you what we hear from agents um, and what we're seeing. A lot of people are saying that listing numbers are down and there's not a lot of properties coming to the market. There's definitely buyers um, that are looking for properties, um, but they're talking about, you know, the, the low listing numbers. Just an agent the other day, um, we had a, a quick catch up and, and that agent, a local northern, just inner north area agent, um, mentioned about spring must be coming because there's a lot of interest from buyers at looking to put the property on the market. So that's a really encouraging thing, knowing that, uh, as usual, everyone talks about the spring buying season. Um, so that's really encouraging, knowing that it's just around the corner, uh, albeit uh, today is about 28 degrees here in winter in Brisbane. So you wouldn't think that it's um, winter still here. But um, yeah, with that spring market just around the corner, it sounds like there's a lot of people starting to look at moving property and um, and having a change. Yeah, so when I look at that um, that listing or stock on market trends, um, we can break that down into new listings, which are listings that have been brought to the market in the last 30 days, but it also breaks it down in um, other cohorts. Those properties that have been on the market between 30 and 60 days, uh, between 60 and 90 or 60 and 120 days, and then over 120 days. So what we can see and interpret from that is, is the are the properties that are being brought to the market selling straight away or are they sitting and, and not selling? And that gives us a little bit more information about what's happening at a local level. Um, and just to provide some perspective, and I can't, I don't simply don't have time to go into every region, but I do have some regions to, to help um, listeners understand the trends. In the Brisbane CBD, for example, 
Uh, we've seen listing volumes increasing um, since April. So the stock on market has been increasing across April and this is all newer stock. So we're starting to see a trend where people are looking to sell um, in the Brisbane CBD. Um, whereas the stock on the market that has been sitting for more than 180 days in the Brisbane CBD is declining. So it's not just about how much stock is available, but how old that stock is or how new that stock is and what the relevance of that is. Now, we've spoken in previous market updates about um, the issues that are being experienced in the CBD around spiking high vacancy rates, um, you know, people that do own those properties, unable to get tenants, etc. So potentially, we might be starting to see a trend emerging where some of those properties are coming to the market. But compare that to um, the likes of, you know, we've got the southern region here, new listings increased in July from um, around 1,400 to just over 1,800, their new listings. Um, and in the Western Corridor, there's been an increase overall, but the new listings have been fairly constant throughout July. Um, but there's been an increase in the number of listings that have been sitting for 30 to 60 days. So it helps us understand whether the properties that are being listed are desirable properties and are the sorts of properties that owner occupiers are looking for, because it seems still in Brisbane that they are the ones that are driving the market um, or if they're less popular or they're overpriced, they will sit on the market and therefore become old stock. Um, and then it is harder to sell properties that um, don't appear on the first couple of pages of realestate.com. As you can imagine, an older listing appears on page five, six or seven, um, and people simply don't have the patience or the tolerance to look through some of the old stock. But just a tip, tip if you are looking for anything that's old and, and potentially looking for bargains, perhaps on your real estate searches, you can sort by date listed and that will bring up the oldest first. So that's something to keep in mind as a hot tip. Mm, it's interesting the, the the numbers are actually increasing when when you hear people talking about low listing uh, volumes. Um, mm. It's it's quite different when, when you see the data and you talk to people, don't probably obviously believe everything you hear. I know that and that, that is true. I mean, you know, we can look at properties that we're seeing um, come to the market and I, I guess the properties that we're focusing on and that we're tar targeting are high demand properties. And so we see them come and we see them sell instantly. Um, but we've got to remember that there are some properties that have been listed and potentially are less desirable, um, potentially don't appeal to the owner occupier and have been sitting there for a little longer. So as a, as always, it's important to dive into what the data means and, and understand what is actually selling. And if something's not selling, there's a reason for that and it's it's good to understand what that reason is and that's obviously what being on the ground helps us to understand. Just a, I guess another little inside tip from from what we see and um, we do get to see and purchase a lot of off-market opportunities which became very common when uh, open homes and auctions and all, all of that type of way of selling properties sort of uh, stopped but um, quite often we can purchase a property and then after if we've, we've got it under contract it'll go onto realestate.com straight away and probably have a little tab of uh, under offer or maybe not. And you contact the agent and they'll tell you that it's already sold. So apologies um, to that, people that, that um, does happen. <laughs> see that and get frustrated. But that's the usually the, the workings of um, buyers agents like us who are negotiating before things come to the market. But in saying that anything that is listed on realestate.com does count towards those um, listing volumes. So even though something is listed, if it is all already under contract, that can potentially skew the data. So again, something to keep in mind and a good point to raise, Scott. Yeah. So, okay. So we've, we've touched on the listing numbers and um, you touched a little bit on there, the days on market, older um, properties are sitting and getting a little bit stale. 
there's probably a reason for that, and that could be probably the asking prices. So let's just touch on um, asking price updates. This is a fascinating area because, you know, a lot of the properties in Brisbane at the moment um, are being listed without a price. And that's that's super frustrating for a lot of home buyers and a lot of investors because without an asking price, um, you know, agents will often say, well, you know, we're waiting for market feedback. And if you're not tracking the market and if you don't understand the comparative sales, it can be a really frustrating thing to see on a listing. But we can look at SQM um, asking prices. We know that across the month of July, there's been an increase in some locations um, in the inner city suburbs of Brisbane. We've seen an increase in asking prices of 0.6% across the month of July. The southeast um, suburbs of Brisbane have seen an increase um, of 0.7% and the western suburbs, 0.8% increase in listing prices. But, you know, what's more relevant is what they sell for and that comes through in the CoreLogic settled sales. But remember, that's all looking in the rear view mirror. It's retrospective data. So these asking prices are, are forward looking. It helps us understand, you know, what are the, the expectations of sellers um, in the future. And it is positive for those locations in saying that there are some regions where asking prices are a little lower at the moment. Beanley region, um, asking prices are down 1.1% for the month. Um, and we've also got the Southern Corridor asking prices down negative 0.8%. But I think what's relevant here also is, is overlaying that with, you know, there, there can be fluctuations month to month based on what's actually being listed. You know, there's some compositional bias in this data and I'm the first to um, admit that that does happen when you're breaking it down to a, a monthly basis. But we can track the three-year change, which helps us understand data trends as well. Um, and when we look at the three-year changes in asking prices, it, there's a strong price asking price increase in the CBD, East Brisbane, inner Brisbane suburbs, um, and the western suburbs of Brisbane. Compare that with asking price um, in the in the Ipswich region, for example, across three years, it's only increased 1.1%, and the Beanley Corridor only 3.4%. So, you know, various other locations fall within those those ranges, but. It just gives you an indication of um, where we're heading um, and also, you know, across historically across the last three years, you know, we can overlay what the asking price um, differential has been, compare that with the actual sales price and generally there's a strong correlation between the two. So you mentioned there the results. Um, can you just give a, a quick rundown for people? Um, when, it, when a property goes unconditional and obviously then settles, what's the time frame between that um, data getting put onto the um, the results side of it, so people know that's that's how much it sold for. How long? What's the sort of delay on that? Well, generally, sales are not um, recorded through research houses like CoreLogic until they have settled. So, you know, in Queensland, typically a settlement period is thirty days. That can differ depending on negotiations between a buyer and a seller. So when we're looking at July data, as an example, we're really looking at what happened in, in June and possibly even back to May. It's not telling us what's happening in July because what's happening in July won't be available until the end of August. So definitely why having you know people on the ground to understand what we're seeing in real time makes a big difference. And it's a reason why we look at asking prices. But I think one thing we also need to mention is that just because someone's asking for a particular um, price doesn't mean to say that that price is a realistic price either. So we all know when properties are listed for sale, if there's 
you know, a high asking price um, and the vendor expectation is above what the true market value is, then, you know, it takes time for the vendor to realise um, that they are overpriced and then potentially drop to the market. Now, it doesn't mean to say that, you know, that vendor is discounting the property. It just means to say, you know, that they overpriced that property initially. So again, price discounting, um, it's an indicator that you have to uh, be very wary of if you're relying on it purely to make decisions, because in some instances, it just comes down to vendor expectations are too high to start with. Yeah. So uh, just to, on on that, just a couple of properties we've looked at lo- um, recently. Um, there was one on, on the south side, uh, came to market about, I think it was on a Wednesday, about a week or so ago. Um, 20 groups went through straight away, multi-offer. Um, this was a house that uh, probably it was livable um, opportunity to do a major renovation knockdown build had some views towards the city um, that ended up going um, under contract ca- cash unconditional and they even wavered the cooling off period so very sought after property a lot of demand on that one um, and that went for what we're told is over 1.1 mil yeah, it's interesting when um, we're just trying to help some buyers understand what's actually happening out there because when you have multiple buyers on a property that is highly desirable, it tends to, one, push the price up and, two, it comes down to how competitive your offer is in comparison to others. Now, in this instance, the purchaser um, decided to offer that cash unconditional um, contract, but they also waived the, the five-day cooling off period, which typically applies to all Queensland contractors. So that's a very aggressive offer, and you know there's no way, there's no chance to get out of that that offer in any way. So that's how much you know people are willing to to throw on the table at the moment to secure properties. So yes, the macroeconomic environment is not great. Um, and what's going on in Melbourne is, is you know, has been horrific, to be honest. But, you know, thankfully, that's starting to, to see some improvement. However, that's not happening here in Brisbane. Um, you know, I think across the state, we've got nine active cases of COVID-19 throughout Queensland. And as we all know, the borders are closed again. So, you know, people are cashed up or those that have secure jobs um, have the ability to borrow money at very low rates at the moment and they are the buyers here in Brisbane um, and you know it's really fueling the market and there's still good strong demand. Yeah and I know that a lot of people talk about um, like we talk about multi-offer a lot um, because properties that we look at and in the areas we tend to look at are uh, very high demand and they do go to multi-offer um, it, it's a positive thing in a way when you when you actually look at a property and I know that one there I think there was six offers that went on that one so you know that there's another five other people that would would actually pay a similar amount and would want that property that's actually a positive believe it or not yeah I know a lot of people actually reach out to us and um and say well can you buy me something under market value and it's it's a really hard question to answer because one you're setting market value when you make a purchase on a property but two how can you buy um, a bargain when there's multiple other buyers that are putting forward offers? I mean, to secure a property, you have to be one, either the highest offer or two, the offer with the best conditions. So, you know, um, I'm the first to admit that I never promise that I'll buy something under market value. I'll promise to secure a quality asset in the right location uh, for the right price. And, you know, if people are looking for bargains, you do have to question if there's no one else that's bidding on a property or putting forward an offer on the property, it gives you an indication of current demand for that product. And, 
if there are no other buyers looking at the, ho- the house that um, you're looking at, then the demand's not excessive. That's when you have the ability to negotiate. Yeah, I'll give you a touch on um, a couple of auctions, obviously, in the last two weekends. Um, one was uh, in the north, probably about six Ks, five, six Ks from the CBD. Uh, went to that auction and it actually passed in with no bids, no registered. Uh, they, there was registered bidders, but a lot of the people that were there at that auction were actually developers. It had an opportunity for to um, develop the site. So there was a lot of developers sort of sitting on their hands, obviously buying it unconditional at an auction, as opposed to doing a little bit more work on it so they could actually know what else they could do with the site. Yeah, that property actually had a tenant in place, so it didn't appeal to an owner-occupier. And it's a typical example of who's driving the market here in Brisbane. There were no bids on the property whatsoever, and yet there were a number of buyers in waiting who were interested in putting conditional offers forward and as Scott mentioned you know it did have zoning for future development um, even though it was a pre-war home the home itself could be renovated and and something added um, on the vacant land behind Bearder Townhouse or another um, dwelling but that just gives, gives you an indication sometimes it's it's not always going to be a hot market and things are not always selling with multiple buyers uh, especially under auction conditions people are looking to you know secure things if it is you know, something that has development potential, they want to, you know, put some due diligence clauses in the contract. So buying at auction is not the most um, effective method in that regard. Yeah, but then we went to another one on, on the weekend, heavy showers of rain. The rain just actually stopped down. just before the auction started. Um, quite a crowd there. We took some photos and put them up on our socials. Um, there was 15 registered bidders. This property is about 12K from the CBD. Um, public in an, transport. In a northern. In a northern. In a northern. Yeah. Um, 15 registered bidders. There was five to six actual bidding at the auction. Um, that was, a, again, a, another opportunity where you could knock down and you could split the site. Um, and it, it actually went for well above the median for that area. Yeah, which is, you know, not surprising. People were buying for the land value. But um, I know in the same suburb, we picked one up about eight um, months ago for one of our clients. Um, and, and these buyers paid um, a similar amount amount to what we paid eight months ago for a smaller block of land. Um, our clients had purchased with a development approval to subdivide already in place. In this instance, there was no approval on the site and the quality of the house on this lot was actually inferior. So the condition, um, it wouldn't have achieved as much in terms of rent uh, between the time of purchase and you know when the developer looked to demolition split. So it's all quite interesting in, um, in terms of what we're seeing in certain pockets. So yeah, it's a, as as we said through there, it's a, it's a pretty solid market if you're buying in the right location. <clears throat> pardon me. There'll be um, there'll probably be multi offers, and there'll be a lot of people interested. As Melinda said, if there's not, then I'd probably question why there's not. Um, you might want to think about the area or do a little bit more work to see why there's not so many people interested in that property. Um, so what about the rental market? What's happening on that side of things? Yeah, look, this you know rental. Investor interest has definitely declined from pre-COVID, that's that's for sure. Um, however, there are still investors that are active in Brisbane, driven by the, the gross rental yields. So our median house um, gross yields in Brisbane is 4.2%. Um, now, if we look at the capital growth over the last 12 months, which was 4.3% in Brisbane, total investor return over the last 12 months was 8% gross. So that's actually not bad as an asset class compared with a lot of other asset classes um, at the moment. Um, and in the unit market, the median 
gross uh, rental yield here in Brisbane is 5.2%. But if we look at the annual capital growth over the last 12 months, according to Core Logic, units only grew 1.3%. So the total annual return 6.5%. So a little inferior compared with the housing market. But vacancy is probably the biggest one that um, I'd like to talk about this month. Across the month of July, what we've seen is um, some really interesting results in Brisbane. And this is a trend that's been reported in the media across um, a lot of regional areas and, and other capital cities outside of the CBD. So when we're talking about what's happening in the CBD itself, yeah, there's still very high vacancy here in Brisbane. And that is associated with um, a lot of units being empty. Um, so postcode 4000, as an example, um, June was worse. We had a vacancy rate of 14% in June. That's declined slightly to 13% in July. Uh, but, you know, when that's, that's literally just associated with the CBD. We can look at other markets uh, around Brisbane. And if we're going to pick a few, the Beanley Corridor, current vacancy 1.1%. The Ipswich region, 1% vacancy. North Brisbane, 1% vacancy. Um, Southeast Brisbane, it's the tightest rental market, 0.9% vacancy. And then Southern Brisbane at 2.3% and Inner Brisbane at 4.1%. So it's a really interesting trend where we've got vacancy rates that are so tight um, and we would expect to see some upward pressure on rents because of that. So, yeah, again, on the on the ground very quickly, um, we know we'll, we'll touch on the asking rents, but um, we've had some properties that we've bought um, recently. A couple of examples. There was uh, three we got an update on uh, this morning. I think they've all probably now been leased out. One of them, for example, um, 30 groups went through um, the open. There was 10 applications. Um, two offered more than the actual asking uh, rent for it. And it's a, they've actually secured a tenant there for 24 months. It's an amazing result and it just goes to show that location selection is everything but it's not just about the location it's also about the asset and the quality of the asset because you know just because you buy a property in in a great location doesn't mean that that property will rent well so it's identifying what what types of properties appeal to the tenancy market as well so what about the asking rents side of it yeah, look, Brisbane-wide, um, there's been a small reduction in the asking rents, which again is a forward indicator in terms of which way rent prices are going. So it shows negative 0.7% across Greater Brisbane. However, we can break that down into regional areas once again, um, and there's strong growth in some markets and, and weaker growth in other markets. So um, Ipswich has had strong price growth over July, 3.5%. But when we extract that out to three-year rental price um, or asking rent growth, um, the three-year change is 3.8%. So a lot of that's come in the month of July. So we just have to treat that number with caution. But when we look at Southeast Brisbane as a region, um, over the last three years, we've seen 11.9% growth in asking rents. Um, and across the month of July, one9 9% and the best performing location across the last three years is East Brisbane at 16.8% um, rental price growth according to the asking rents um, and that's seen strong growth again in this month 1.4%. So you know it's really important that you're monitoring uh, not just what's happening on a month-to-month -month basis because that can be dependent um, upon what's actually being listed for rent but let's look at the longer term trends and um, you know from an investment perspective long-term trends are you know, the most accurate in terms of, you know, which way are we heading and, and what does a total investor's return look like? 
Yeah, so and, and that's another thing to obviously be aware of when Melinda's talking about um, the areas you're buying and the properties you're buying. The other thing to be aware of is it's just, and I keep touching on it, I guess, from my building side of things, is um, is make sure it's low maintenance. You, you don't want to have to keep forking out and paying money. When you're actually getting good rent in, the last thing you want to do is get that rent in and have to shuffle it back out again. You want to keep that in, that, uh, in your pocket and uh, make sure it's a good investment. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on one last thing because I'm conscious that um, it's been very heavy on data again uh, this in this podcast, um, but that's what I love talking about, as you can probably tell. But one thing that we've tracked with a lot of our in-house research is, um, you know, what is the 10-year median value growth been in at a suburb level across Brisbane? When we're looking month to month um, and even quarter to quarter, there can be some um, discrepancy in the data based on, you know, what's sold. We talked about compositional bias uh, previously. So when we look out at, you know, how has it an area performed over a 10-year period, that's really valuable information because we can really, um, you know, eliminate uh, small minor, you know, increases and decreases as a result of some um, statistical anomaly. Um, or di- I can't even say the word. Anyway, <laughs> um, so in 10-year median um, value growth, we've seen um, the Ipswich and Logan regions, a median price change of 9.6% across 10 years. So that equates to 0.96% per annum. Now, remember the greater Brisbane average across this 10-year period is 1.6% per annum. So we have had a terrible 10-year period compared with some other markets like Sydney and Melbourne. Um, We look at the Morton region, we've had 16.7% price growth across 10 years, um, which equates to 1.67% per annum, um, which is slightly above the greater Brisbane average. And then if we look at the uh, Brisbane city uh, suburbs, the median price growth has been 31.85%, which equates to 3.19% per annum. But when we look at a suburb level, regardless of which um, shire we're studying, there's definitely markets within markets because there's some suburbs in the same period of time where the Brisbane average has been 1.6% per annum. We've had 5 or 6% per annum price growth when we look retrospectively at the core logic data. So again, understanding what's happening at a local level is critical uh, to determine the best location, especially if you're an investor, but also as a home buyer, because it is a great way to generate wealth. Yeah. So there's lots of data there. Obviously, Melinda loves the data. So um, she, she's obviously getting tongue-tied with throwing out so many numbers <laughs> that the words aren't coming out. Um, what, what else have you got to add? There? Is there any more updates or data on, on the market? Yeah, look, I think that we've pretty much covered everything that's happened across July. And I know I've thrown in some um, some bonus info there on what's happened across the last 10 years. But um, one thing that I would like to say to people is just understand the demographic of an area. You know, do not rely purely on numbers or on data, because when you get into the demographics at a suburb level, you can find out how many people in that suburb are renters, how many people are owner-occupiers, and then you can take a deeper dive also into how many of those owner-occupiers own their property outright and how many of those have a mortgage in place. Because in times like now, during COVID, where potentially people may be in mortgage distress, the safest place to be is in a suburb where you have a high proportion of owner-occupiers who own their properties outright, because there will be fewer sales that would become distressed sales in those locations. So this is where demographic matters um, and this is where location selection matters 
as well. So that's just another little hot tip, especially if you are a property investor, understand the demographics, understand how many people in a potential location could be in a situation where they do have to sell. Regardless of what happens in the coming months, um, uh, we believe that there's still a lot of buyer depth in the Brisbane market. And um, a lot of these buyers are being fueled by the record low interest rates and um, certainly the properties and the locations that we're looking at on behalf of our clients. Um, there's multiple buyers for every property that comes up that's available for sale. So we wouldn't mind seeing a few um, properties come to the market. We certainly don't want to see people in a distressed situation, but um, we do believe there's the market depth at the moment to absorb um, a, a small increase in listings if that was to occur here in Brisbane. Yeah, so I think, look, just touching on that from from our side of it, um, to know those demographics, there's only one way to do that, and that's actually to be here locally. Uh, we read an article um, just this morning, I think it was on Domain, I, I, if, if I'm wrong, correct yeah. me, but uh, a local agent well-known uh, in the inner north area, um, he commented on people making offers sight unseen still, from interstate trying to buy properties it's a scary thing to do and there's no way I would actually do it um, personally and I wouldn't recommend anyone do that but to get local knowledge um, we're here we're on the ground so if, if you do need anything obviously reach out to us at Streamline Property Buyers um, if there's any questions you've got any anything you want to know on any future podcast we've got a few more things planned we've got some guests coming up in the next couple of weeks we've got some more insider secrets to come up. So there's a few exciting things to, to come along. Hope everyone's enjoying it. And as I say, if there's any questions you've got, shoot us through an email. Happy to help out. If there's any topics you want to talk about, then we're happy to um, to jump on and hopefully help out. So that's it from me. Until next time, take care and bye for now. Hope you've enjoyed that data dump. I hope I haven't um, confused anybody. But, you know, if you're wanting some more clarification, you can reach out to us at any time. Thank you for tuning in again. We look forward to speaking with you on our next part podcast again sometime soon. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.